Hello, Saubona, how's it? Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Uh, good morning, Every Nation Durban. I hope you are all well and comfortable in your homes and that, like, uh, like us in the room, we just, I hope you enjoyed that time of worship. Thank you, Pastor Mac. And TK, so good to have you back up and, and leading us in worship again. Uh, wife of Mac, mother of one, <laughs> an extraordinarily amazing worship leader. Thank you so much for that time. And thank you for Trisha and Marunwa for uh, hosting us this morning. Um, I just want to say to all the guys out there, like if you girls actually get that uh, day in the spa happening... I just want to say to all the men, we'll be having a men's conference at my house the day the girls organize that. Just bring meat and, uh, and bring the kids as well. We'll, we'll, we'll sort it out. No problem. We, we're ready for that day. Okay, so <laughs> actually, maybe the men need to help make that happen as well. Guys, I think the girls have spoken. They, they're looking for something. <laughs> my wife's saying, bring me the credit card. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so here we are having church this morning, and uh, today is a Vision Sunday. We're having a Vision Sunday today, and my sermon is entitled "Lift Up Your Eyes." There are five things that you should be bringing to church every time you go to church, even in your own home. What are those five things? They are your Bible, a notepad, a pen. All right, you can have that all digital if you like. And fourthly. A friend and a smile. Can I see your smiles in the room at least? <laughs> Behind the masks. I just, you can see where someone's smiling. It shows in their eyes, okay? <laughs> uh, but how can you bring a friend to church? Well, you know, we should never come to church alone, I believe. And uh, even if you're having church in your own home, there's no reason why you can't share the link. Hey, it's the really easiest way to invite someone to church is share the link and chat. Hit the chat in the morning and have a good chat and join the chat and be a partaker in it. Um, and if sharing the link is not going to work, you are always able to open up your home and invite someone into your home and have worship in your home with your friend uh, or maybe two friends or three friends. Why don't you have a praise and worship party and do church like that? Okay, so five things when we go to church. What are they? Bible, notepad, pen. Why? Because we don't want to miss what God is saying. And then a friend and a smile. Okay, why, why the smile? Because there's joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. Alright, so let's get into the message for today. So 2021 has come. <laughs> and, uh, and can you believe it's actually almost the end of February? Like this week is the last week of February. I'm just like, what? Um, and you know what? It's actually been a bit of a rough start to the year for many of us. Um, you know, for many of us, there, uh, we've been in quarantine. Many people on our leadership team, eldership team, we've been in quarantine. A lot of people have had COVID. And since December, I've actually counted that we've had 15 deaths since the start of December. Not of people in our congregation, but of people, uh, of family members, uh, of people in our congregation. So we're talking about moms, dads, aunts and uncles, cousins, granddads, grandmoms of of us, of us as a community have passed. And that's 15 since the start of December. And so in many ways, we've just been a community uh, that's been mourning uh, since the start of this 2021. 
And uh, I mean, just this last week, Diane lost her mum. And our condolences go out to you, Diane, and your family this morning. My good friend Ronald just lost his mom this last week as well. And so, you know, it's, it's been a time, it's been a very difficult time. And for this reason, we haven't really kicked off the year with programs and leadership meetings and, you know, gatherings and, and, and new events and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, all we've done really as an eldership team from quarantine, most of us, is just been praying for you and doing pastoral care where we can. And we're just grateful at the moment that we've had so many recoveries that we actually haven't lost anyone as a congregation since COVID started. And we give God thanks for that, you know? We give God thanks that He's protected us and, and, um, and, and He's sustained us through this really difficult time. However, you know, it's time to really own the season ahead. And it's time to lift up our eyes, to start dreaming again, and to declare a new day as a church. As a church, we have got to get moving again. We've got to own the year. We've got to lift up our eyes beyond the tough stuff that's going around us and, and get on with the mission that God has called us to. You know, there are times when we just need to survive. There are those times, okay? Um, uh, TK told me this morning in, in Swazi, you know, there's times when you just need to finisela. Can you say that at home? Come on, on the chat, wherever you are, finisela. <laughs> Um, And that's really, you know, there's times where we just need to get to the end of the day, where we have to just stand and having done everything just to stand, keep standing. Uh, Weather the storm in in, in, in nautical terms, sailors have this phrase called, uh, they say, batten down the hatches. It's like a command that the captain will give when they're about to go into rough, stormy seas and stormy weather. And they'll, they'll shout to all the crew and they'll say, batten down the hatches. And what the crew will do is they'll, they'll run and the hatches are those openings on the deck of a ship that lead down to the, the cargo holds and the, and the, other holds, the galley, the galleys and all that underneath the ship. And, and so, you know, if those things stay open, waves can wash in there, water can get in the, and the ship can sink. And so when they see bad weather coming, they batten down the hatches and everybody sometimes, they tie themselves to the ship and they get through the storm. But then once you get through the storm, you have to, you know, open those hatches again and, and, and untie yourself and, and get busy again with the work that is on board. And, you know, this week while uh, Trish and I were in prayer, I had a clear picture on Tuesday of these two sets of hands, just like that. They were, they were extended like that, and there was just light and power radiating from them. And I felt like God was saying to me, strengthen your hands. Strengthen your hands. And I know it was a word for us as a church. And I, and I really believe this is what God wants to do for us right here, right now. Is I believe He wants to strengthen our hands. And you know, so many, when I saw that picture, so many scriptures came to mind. One of them was from Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 9. And Nehemiah, the story of Nehemiah, the, the Israelites rose up and they started to build the walls of Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, all these enemies came and all these attacks came and all these words came against them. And in chapter nine, verse, chapter 6 and verse 9, he said, They were trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. So the enemy's strategy against the people of God has always been fear. You know, that's how the enemy works. He tries to make us fearful, fearful about life, 
about provision, about the future. And the intention behind it is to weaken our hands so that we will not rise up and do the thing that God has called us to do. And I think many of us have felt like that in the last few months, is that our hands have been weakened in many ways by all the discouraging news around us. But look at what Nehemiah did in the same verse. He said, he said, he prayed and he said, Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. <laughs> what an attitude, man. Isn't that awesome? What a guy. Hey, Nehemiah is a legend, man. He says, there's all this attack against him. And he prays, Lord, strengthen my hands. But strengthen my hands. Can you just say that this morning? Oh, Lord, strengthen my hands. Let's say it together. Oh, Lord, strengthen my hands. That's a good prayer to pray. That's a very good prayer to pray. And he does. You know, this is what God does. God actually strengthens our hands. He does this. This is a work of the Lord. This is a supernatural. And I just want you to have faith for that this morning. I want you to have faith in your heart that God can come and He can strengthen your hands. He gets us out of survival mode. He gets us out of depression. He gets us out of hiding. And He gets us motivated. And He, and he makes us enthusiastic again. Why? So that we can continue pursuing our destiny in Christ. I want to remind you this morning, every nation Durban, you have a destiny in God. You have a purpose in God. You have a preordained plan for your life. And COVID cannot steal that from you. And though a thousand may fall at your left and ten thousand at your right, you still have a race to finish. You still have to run your course. It doesn't matter what's happening in the economy. It doesn't matter what's happened in your family. Your race still exists. And you need to finish strong. You've got to get to the end of your race. And so there comes a time where you have to say, you know what, I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to get going with the destiny and purpose that God has for my life. And not only for us individually, but for us as a church as well. We have got to come together. We've got a race to finish. As every nation of Durban, as, as, a, as a people of this house, as a spiritual family that God has called together for such a time as this, we have a purpose. We don't just exist. Like every nation of Durban is not just this like, I don't know, like this hippie club, you know, where we come in, we go out, we chill, we have friends. It's like, woohoo, yeah. It's like, we're not a bunch of hippies, okay? We're a community that's been knitted together by the Spirit of God for such a time as this, for a city like this. For, for this moment in history. And we have got to pull together as a spiritual family and pursue the call of God, the collective vision, the corporate vision that we have together. In the book of Haggai, well, let me just say, that's what happened to Nehemiah. That scripture, when he prayed that prayer, he said, Oh God, strengthen my hands. Guess what? God strengthened their hands. God strengthened their hands. And it's amazing because... When you look at that story in Nehemiah, nothing changed in their circumstances. Nothing changed. They prayed and said, Lord, strengthen my hands. And God strengthened their hands despite, and they rose up and built despite their circumstances. <laughs> you know, the same thing happened in the book of Haggai in chapter 1 and verse 14. What we see is, is the people of Israel came to rebuild the temple. And once again, whenever you get busy with the work of God, guess what happens? Opposition comes. And opposition came and, 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 and so much pressure came against them. And the, it says that their hands were weakened. 
And every man ran to their own home and they'd batten down the hatches <laughs> and they would try to weather the storm. And that happened for 14 years. The work of the Lord stopped. And the house of God lay empty and unfinished for 14 years because of the attack, because of the pressure on them. Every man just in hiding. And then the prophets Haggai and Zechariah came on the scene and they started to prophesy to the people of God and say, rise up, people of God. You have a destiny. You have a purpose. You have to finish the work that God has called you to do. And the people responded. They obeyed the voice of God. Do you hear the cry going out this morning? There is a Haggai and Zechariah cry going out over us this morning, I believe, saying, rise up, people of God. Rise up, people of God, and get busy with the work of the house of God. And, there's, and, and in that situation, it's amazing as well, their circumstances didn't change either. The attack didn't stop. But they changed. And you know, sometimes, this is what we do, is we pray, oh God, will you change the situation, the situation is bad. This is there, this is that there. And, and we wait and we say, oh God, deal with the situation. Oh God, change the situation. When actually our prayer should be, oh Lord, strengthen my hands for the situation. Cause something to rise up on the inside of me. Listen guys, opposition most of the time when we look at the Bible is not there for God just to blow away and show His strength but, for, but there for the very purpose of raising us up and making us stronger so that we can pursue what God has called us to do despite. What if we just got bigger than the circumstances about it, around us? What if we just got bigger? Why don't we change our prayer? Hey? Can we change our prayer? Say, Lord, make me bigger. <laughs> make me bigger than COVID-19. Make me bigger than this economic class. Do a work in me. Raise up a strength in me. Get me bigger than what's out there. Come on, I really believe what, who, he who is in us is greater than he who is out there. Okay? So we need to tap into that and believe that. So I'm here today to say, family, it's time for you to lift up your eyes. And I want to encourage you to start reconnecting with the life, vision, and purpose that God has for you. Reconnect with that thing. What has He said over you? What has He spoken over you? Listen, what He has said, <laughs> He is faithful to do, no matter what you see around you. I want to invite you to reconnect with that. And I want to say, it's also time for us as a church to reconnect with the vision that we own together. There's a vision that we have together. And it's time to reconnect with that vision. Open it up. Flesh it out. Re-examine it. Allow it to come back into our hearts and make our hearts leap again with joy. And that's what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. As we do that, I really believe God will strengthen our hands. So let's go to the Word. Let's go to the Word. I've got some scriptures here that I want to share with you. The first one is in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 26. Isaiah 40 and verse 26. And I think you really want to see this in your Bible. It's one of those scriptures you need to underline and, I don't know, highlight. Take a note of. Isaiah 40 and verse 26. But just before we open and read this word of God, let's just pray our prayer. Before we get into the Word. Father in heaven, we commit this time to you. 
We believe that your plans for us are good. And everything good starts with your word. Your word brings life, healing, and direction. We treasure your word more than our daily bread. We boldly confess that our minds are alert and our hearts are receptive. So speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. Isaiah 40 and verse 26, it says the following. It says, lift up your eyes on high and see. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. He's talking about the stars. Who brings out their host by number and he calls them all by name. Can you imagine? By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. (laughs) So why do you worry? (laughs) Why do we worry? (laughs) So why do you say, oh Jacob, and speak, oh Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And he gives power. Can you say power? He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases in strength. Can we just say amen to that? You know, this, there's, there's a tendency for us to, to think that our way is hidden from the Lord and our prayers are passed over by God. Often we can feel like that in difficult times. Often we can feel like just we don't exist or the, does He care or is there a plan for us? And the prophet Isaiah is, is speaking a word from God and he's saying this, lift up your eyes. Don't get trapped in all that is going on that's wrong. Lift up your eyes and just look at those stars. <laughs> he brought, he brings them out every night. And he knows every single one of them by name and not one of them is missing. Such power, such majesty, such organization, such skill, such attention to, de- to detail and such power. Why would he think that our way is hidden from him? Why would we think that we don't matter? Why would we think that you know, there, there, is, there isn't a God in heaven, that our lives are not meaningful to Him, when He takes so much attention and detail to all of this that exists around us. There's a similar scripture we see in Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 2, and it says this. It says, How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere. This pandemic is out there. I cry, but you do not come to save. And look at the Lord's reply in verse 5. He says, the Lord replied and said, look around or lift up your eyes at the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day. Something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. Yeah, I really feel like that's a word. Pastor Steve Merrill actually shared this a couple weeks ago. I really felt there was an anointing on that when he shared it. Now, this is really a word for us globally right now as the church, as the body of Christ. 
is that there is this tendency that we, oh, violence, sickness is everywhere. God, where are you? We're praying. People are passing away. And the reply from the Lord is this, lift up your eyes unto the nations and look and be amazed. Just tap into another realm of seeing things right now. Lift up your eyes. Stop seeing the world. Stop seeing the world as the world sees the world. Stop being like a person without a God. Stop acting like there is no help, like you don't have a Holy Spirit, like you don't have a Savior, like you don't have a God. Lift up your eyes. Don't think like them. Don't look like them. Don't speak like them. Don't act like them. Lift up your attitude. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your voice and look beyond the chaos of the moment for I am doing something in your day that you wouldn't even believe it if, if someone had to tell you about it. And this is typically how things work throughout history is that we get wrapped up in the now and the circumstances and God is so much higher above it and He's orchestrating and moving and positioning and putting people in place and moving people to different cities and, and it looks like the enemy's winning on the ground and it looks like chaos on the ground but after a little while we look back and we say, Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Oh, Jesus, you were doing something. You were amazing. You were, God, I never thought. And this is what he's doing right now. The world's in so much chaos. Guys, revival is coming. The re- a revival, a global revival like we have not seen is coming. It is, God is positioning. He's doing a work in us. He's allowing the circumstances to buffet us, to make us stronger. He's waiting for a church to stop praying it like, the change my circumstances. At rather, let's pray, make me stronger, Lord. Strengthen my hands. Make me bigger than what's out there. And this is what Habakkuk was wrapped into. All oh, the problems, all oh, the problems. And the word from the Lord was lift up, rise up, be who I've called you to be. Now there's a principle in scripture is this, is that whatever you behold is what you become. So if you're beholding problems, you become a problem. (laughs) In a figurative sense, in the kingdom. You know, if all you're looking at is negativity, um, Travis Gale, our very own Travis Gale in his book, The Middle, has this quote. And he says this, he says, what you focus on expands. What you, whatever you're looking at gets bigger. Whatever you're focusing on, if all you see is bad, if all you see is violence, if all you're seeing is negative, if all you, it, it begins to expand, it begins to magnify. What you focus on expands, it's so true. And then he says, in his quote, he says, so protect your perspective. And I love that, I think that's biblical, you know. Protect your perspective. Make sure that you, you're looking at things the way God would have you look at them. You know, I, I, I enjoy mountain biking and I was going mountain biking with my brother-in-law and there's some parts where it's like it's a single track and there's trees on either side and the path is narrow, like this narrow, your, your handlebars just go, you just get through. And sometimes while you're going fast down a path, and it's bumpy and you don't know what's around the next corner and trees are doing this on your left and on your right, it's, it's, very, it's very dangerous. I mean, you can just very easily, just if your handlebar hits a tree, that's you. You're gone. You spin out. And my brother-in-law gave me such good advice. He says, Wayne, when you're going down and when you're going fast, don't look at the trees. Don't look at the trees. Always look at the path. And it's such a good principle because whatever you look at is what you hit. 
<laughs> Whatever you're seeing, vision is so powerful, guys. Whatever the vision is in front of you, if you're looking at something, you will hit that thing. Let me tell you something. So if, while I'm going down that path and I look at the tree and the other tree and the other tree, it's not long before I'm going to end up in the tree. <laughs> okay? And, and so what do you do? You look at the path in front of you. Church, can you hear the word of the Lord to you today? Look at the path that God has set for you. What has God said? What has God promised? What is He doing? Look at that. Set your eyes on it. Protect your perspective. Make sure your eyes are narrow. Make sure you're like a horse with blinkers, okay? That you are looking at what God has said. Remember Peter? He's walking on water. Man, what a champion. When did he sink? When he took his eyes off Jesus and he looked at the waves and he looked at the wind and what happened? He began to sink. Listen, whatever you set your eyes on expands. Protect your perspective. Are you looking at the wind or the waves? Are you seeing all the problems or are you seeing the promises of God right now? Is there a promise in front of your eyes, church? Is there something that you're looking at? Is there something written on your wall, above your bed, or on your mirror, or on your diary, or on your screensaver? Is there something that God has said that you can just set your gaze on? I want to encourage you this morning, put that in front of your face, okay? Put it in front of your face, and I bet you you're going to hit that thing, okay? Come on. You know, when, you look at, when I was studying the life of Abraham, I was looking at the fact that he had some key life-changing moments. And, and, and they were all, funnily enough, okay, preceded by him lifting up his eyes. So there's, there's three occasions in particular where it says, and Abraham lifted his eyes, and Abraham lifted his eyes, and Abraham lifted his eyes, and then something powerful and significant happens. The one was when he was on his way to sacrifice Isaac, and the Bible says he lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. I mean, what actually happened in that moment was he saw the gospel unfold. He saw the very place. He saw Mount Moriah. He saw Jesus. He saw everything. As he lifted up his eyes, God gave him revelation of the future. The other time is when he was about to sacrifice Isaac, that he, it says that he lifted up his eyes and he saw the ram caught in a thicket. You know, get this, man. He lifted up his eyes and he saw into the future. He lifted up his eyes and he saw the provision of God. That ram was probably there the whole time. <laughs> but like, you know what? Sometimes in life we can get so narrow, focus, we just get so focused on what's wrong, we don't even see the provision of God. The provision of God happens when we lift up our eyes. I can imagine up until that moment, all Abraham is thinking is the problem of Isaac being sacrificed. And he just, obey the Lord, obey the Lord. But then he gets stopped and he lifts his eyes and he sees, wow, right there, there's the provision of God. And sometimes it can feel like that. We're going into a dead end. This is, we, you know, the bulls are mounting. There's dead mounting. We're coming to the, a, a junction of like no return here, Jesus. But when we lift our eyes, we see where God is. We see where the provision is. We know where to go. So what does it mean to lift your eyes? Well, 
It means this. It means to intentionally detach them from the urgent and the problems and set them on godly vision and revelation. Set your eyes on what God has promised and what God has said. And when you do that, you're going to start to see His plan for your life in the future. You're going to start to see where His provision is for you. Amen. So not only do we need to do this individually, but we also need to do this corporately as a church. Okay? You know, we can't just have a me vision for our lives. <laughs> Alright? Listen, you have, I, I hope you've got a vision for your life. You've, I hope you've got a plan that, and a calling that God has, you know, released over you and prophetic words and stuff. But we can't just have a me vision. I just, you know, respectfully, I want to say, it's not all about you. It's not all about your plan and your purpose and your destiny. There is also a we vision. There's a me vision, but then there's a we vision. You know, we get called into a corporate vision when we come into the body of Christ. When we knit ourselves to a spiritual family, there is a, there is a vision and purpose that, a corporate vision or, or pur- purpose that we need to start owning. And you know what, church, we're living in a time of, I don't know, it's like another pandemic. It's a pandemic of individualism. It's a pandemic. It's like everything is about me and me and my, and, and like we live in this consumerist world where literally like, it's just all about my, my needs, my comfort, my purpose, my destiny. What's my thing? And if this doesn't work for me, then, then it doesn't work for me. And if this does work for me, then I'll do that thing. And at the end of the day, we, we go to places that serve us and we don't go to places that don't serve us. And, and, but it's all about us. It's like this individualistic me, me, me vision. And, and it's distorted. Like, is that there in the Bible? Yes, we each have a calling in God. But then there is a corporate vision. There is something that we need to own together. And for the most part, church has become about serving the individual. A lot of people, when they think about church, they think about themselves. How will this church help me fulfill my destiny? Um, What kind of word will this church give me? What kind of worship will this church give me? What kind of fellowship Will this church give me? Could I find my spouse in this church? <laughs> we, I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, we're, we're picking church, but it's all about us at the end of the day. And we're, we're not going to be a bunch of me's as every nation Durban. That's just not what we're going to be. So we, we're going to be a we. Okay. At the end of the day, there's going to be a we here. That's something that we got together. Um, so if you're looking for a me church, then, you know, respectfully, I want to just say, this is not the church for you. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for your own personal spiritual guru who will help you in, the, in your life and, and, and get you to where you need to go, I, I just respectfully want to say, this is not the church for you. <laughs> All right. You, will you, will you get spiritual guidance in this church? Yes, you will. Will you get help for your purpose in life? Will you be encouraged? Yes, you will. Yes, you will. But at the end of the day, we're not just about the me vision. We're about a we vision as well. So, so we're going to be a church where it's going to be really difficult to stay anonymous in the crowd, pop in, pop out. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm declaring war today <laughs> on the pop-ins and pop-outs, okay? 
I, I, this is, that's just not what we're going to be. We are going to be counterculture. You know, just around, I look around the city and I speak to pastors in the city. Just one of the, the biggest challenges of this day and this hour is that people are so me-focused. And so church is just this bunch of me's all on their own individual lives, but there's never a collective vision. And let me, and let me just say this, that, that if we're like that, we become a powerless church. We become a power because we don't harness the, the, the benefit of being together. That, that better, we're better together. That there's, when we come together, there's more that we can do than just you and your own life. I remember chatting with one guy and he was like, you know, like, uh, he doesn't go to a church, but he is a Christian, which I don't actually understand. I don't know how you do that. I just, it's just not really in the Bible, okay? <laughs> where you get saved into a spiritual family and that's where you grow. Anyway, so he was just saying like, oh no, his church is outside and, and in, the gro- in the garden when he goes walking and stuff. And I was like, so, so I said to him this one simple question. I said, so how are you changing the world? And he was like, well, what do you mean? So I said, well, well, you, you're so powerful by yourself. Like, what do you... How, tell me, like, the great works you're doing in the city of Durban. And he didn't have anything. And that's totally true. It's totally true. Like, if we're just doing this by ourselves, what sort of impact will the church have in a city? What impact will we have on the homeless and the prostitutes and poverty? What, how, what impact will we have on materialism? How much impact will we have on the campuses if we're all just having our own little Jesus party? It's just not going to happen. Let me show you a picture. Um, I just want to... See, Pamlani, if you've got that picture of the geese flying. I want to put this picture up in front of you. So, these are geese, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and if you've noticed, geese fly in like a V formation. There's like, a, they fly in a V formation. Have you seen that? Yeah, you've all seen that. And, and why do they fly in a V formation? Well, what people have, what scientists have estimated is that when a geese, because they're traveling distances, when they fly in a V, they're able to get, go, get this, 70% further than what they could by themselves. That's huge. Okay, that's the difference between like flying from here to Peter Maritzburg or, or here to Johannesburg or something like that, okay? They're, it's like you can go 70% further when they fly Together. So geese come together, they form a V formation where the, the lift and the thrust is then shared. They rotate leadership, and if you've noticed, they're always honking as well. Honk, 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 as they're flying. And what they're doing is actually encouraging each other. <laughs> they go, honk, go, go, go faster, you're doing so great, you're doing so great. And I just think that's a great picture of what the church should be. That there's a formation to us. That we're, we're in alignment with each other. That we're, we're, and we're sharing the load. And, and we're, in, we're honking to each other. <laughs> that we're encouraging each other on. And as one gets weak, we take their spots. And as the other one, you know, we just, we're continually rotating amongst ourselves so that the work, so we can go 70% further. So, you know, over the next few weeks, what I want us to do as a church is reconnect with our vision and what God has called us to do. 
I want us to go back to the foundation of who we are and what we're about as a church. You know, we have some inc- incredible goals in front of us. We want to be a thousand strong. We want to be a hundred young. We want to have 24-7 prayer, pa- praise and worship happening in our prayer room. And we want to have the power of God in our services. There are some great goals in front of us. But our vision doesn't only include these great goals. Our vision also includes who we want to become as people of God. Why is that? Well, because identity always precedes destiny. All right? So often you can have a great goal, but if you're not focused on becoming, then, then typically it just remains a goal. Um, identity always precedes destiny. So as we focus on who we want to become, we find we arrive at our destiny. We arrive at our purpose. Okay? So, so what, is our, what is our vision for all of us? This is what it is. We want to build a culture in this church where every member, can you say every member? Say it a little bit louder in the room, please. Every member, yes. every member is both faithful and fruitful in Christ. We want to build it. Our vision is that we would not just be a church of me's, all on our own little individualistic journey and my business and my family and my future and my great thing. But there would be something we would share together. And what is that that we would share? Is that every single one of us would be faithful and fruitful followers of Jesus Christ. And so I want to just say it up here up front today. Guys, we're going after this. Okay, we, this is this is something that we're going to do over the next six weeks. We're going to unpack those words faithful and we're going to unpack the word fruitful and what does it mean to be both. Typically, we, we fall into, you know, typically we, we find one of them easier than the other. And normally we find faithful easier than fruitful. <laughs> and God hasn't called us just to be faithful, but he's called us to be fruitful as well. And so over the next six weeks, we're going to unpack those words, and I just want to say it from the start, this is going to be uncomfortable for some of you, and I apologize in advance, but our intention is not to hurt you, okay? Our intention is to challenge you. You know, the Word of God is there not only to comfort us and encourage us, but it's also there to challenge us, to irritate us, to cut our hearts, to cause us to repent and say, okay, I need to change, all right? And these words are not words that we've just sucked out of our thumbs. This is what, when we look at the Bible, this is what we see the people of God need to be. They need to be both faithful and fruitful. And we're going to go after that. We want to see you faithful. We want to see you fruitful. That's, that's the vision. And not just you, every single person in this church. And so we're gearing up over the next six weeks, okay? Warning bells, all right? I'm warning. We're gearing up for the next week. And we're going to challenge ourselves. And we're going to honk at each other. Can I hear a honk out there? A better one. <laughs> there are like some really bad geese in the room today. And we're going to spur each other on. And we're going to come into formation so that we can... We can go further than what we could ever do alone. Amen? So church, in summary, I want to encourage you, lift up your eyes beyond the circumstance and fix them on what God has said for your own personal life. But, but be ready because we're going to be doing this as a church. We're lifting up the fact that God has called us to be faithful and fruitful. 
And we're going to unpack that in the next six weeks. So God bless you. The service for us this morning. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.